ia te a te a taka ia te pai pai wa o uru mai te utupoto te ware kōrero e tū nei. Kia ora. welcome to Change Channel, a space to share tupuna wisdom, Māori ancestral knowledge with you and the world. Tēnā, wakarongo mai. Nō te ipureo tēnei kawenga o te pai pai wa o a Chase Channel. Inumia te kōrero. Chase Channel is brought to you by Te Ipurao. If you even have cough, runny nose, shortness of breath or loss of taste and smell, you can go get tested for COVID-19 at one of the testing clinics in your community. Inga ranga tira tēnā tātou katoa. Nau mai ki tēnei hōtaka, e horahia ana ngā kōrero uh, me ngā whakamārama e pāngia nā ki te COVID-19. Kia ora everybody, I'm Te Arahi Maipi. Welcome back to another daily show, Facebook Live show, where we discuss everything that you, your whānau and your community need to know about covid 19. Uh, this show, as always, has been proudly supported by Counties Manukau Health, Auckland District Health Board, Waitemata District Health Board, and also the Northland District Health Board, and Northland, the Taitokera. That's an area of concentration that we're going to be spending uh, on today's live show, looking at the Taitokero, uh, and also talking with some of the practitioners out there in the community to get a feel for what's happening up there, and also the information that the whānau need within that rohe as we move forward in level three now and as we hopefully progress through to level two and level one. Nō reire hoa mā, ka pōwhiri mai ngā manuwhiri mō tēnei hōtaka. First of all, Polly Brennan, who's a Kaupapa Māori Advanced Nurse Practitioner at the Kawako Medical Centre and also Ngāti Hine Health Trust. Polly, tēnā koe, no mai, haere mai. Tēnā koe, kia arahi. Lovely to see you. Um, Dr. Joel Pitini is a rural medicine specialist at Kaitaia uh, Hospital. Dr. Joel, tēnā koe, no mai, no mai. Kia ora ho. Haupaita ki te akuru. Nā kamutu, ka hau mai hoki, a Maureen Allen, clinical manager and a manager nurse for Whakawhiti Ora Pai. Maureen, tēnā koe, how are you? And hopefully you and your whānau are all well. 
just seeing Maureen's uh, connection uh, was working well, but that's okay. We'll rejoin Maureen uh, very shortly. Uh, just before we get into the Q&A session, and this is an opportunity for everybody, particularly the ones that are watching up into Tai Tokido, if you do have any questions, please put them through, and we'll try and get through um, those to these experienced practitioners uh, throughout the Facebook Live show. But for context, Tai Tokido, big piece of whenua, 14,000 square kilometers stretching from Wellsford in the south, which is about an hour and a bit north of Auckland, all the way up to Te Reringa Wairua. Uh, population is around 180,000, um, and also big a proportion of Māori, 45,000 live within the Rohe, and according to stats NZ, northern fastest growing region in the country, uh, followed by Bay of Plenty and Waikato, and also one of the most beautiful places in the, in the country, and that's a paid advertisement from Mrs. Jade Maipi, because we're eating uh, hawker rolls, and we've also got uh, chocolate fondant tonight, so I want to make sure I want to get some of that. So she said, if you're doing a show, you make sure you get Taitokera a plug. She's from Tokyama. Uh, so that's a little bit of context in regards to the area, but I want to get started off with the questions. Uh, Polly, I'll start off with you. If you can give us a snapshot of your community, uh, where specifically in the north you are, and um, also what have been their specific health needs up until this point. Oh, kia ora. Well, um, Ngāti Hene has a large rohi, um, sort of from Kaio down to below Whangarei. Our main focus um, is around the mid-north currently at the moment, and we're spreading more into Whangarei from next week for our COVID testing and flu vaccinations. Um, and the community needs have been, well, obviously we have a high chronic um, health population, and so we've been do, dealing with that through our Kawakawa Medical Centre. Our team's been quite busy. Even before lockdown, uh, people were being phoned to ensure they had enough medication to get them through, to ensure they knew what to do and how to keep themselves safe. We had a lot of people coming in for flu vaccinations beforehand, uh, before lockdown, so that we managed to cover a lot of people that way. Luckily, our practice nurse, Jackie Cassidy, was uh, onto it and had loads of vaccines in stock for us so that we could help keep our people safe. We've had a lot of need around um, Fano kaibacks and, and things like that. And so we've had a large community arm going out to deliver those things to our Fano out there. Wonderful, Polly. And if we rejog our memory back, well, we're over 30 plus days now when uh, lockdown initially happened. What was Ngāti Hine Health Trust response uh, when that was all happening? And has there been a major change um, from the services provided and how you guys have operated uh, during that period uh, from when it started to where it is now? Yes, for sure. Um, we've always been a whānau-centric um, organisation, but this was the opportunity to actually really deliver whānau order to the people how we want to. Our, a lot of our DHB contracts were suspended so that we could actually utilise people in the way that we needed to pro to provide the care that we needed. So, you know, we've had business analysts um, packing boxes and delivering, uh, you know, packs out to whānau. We've had, um, you know, mental health workers out on the front line of the COVID testing, tra directing traffic. Uh, we've, we've been able to spread right across, remembering that a lot of our kaimahi uh, have their own health needs or their whānau health needs and actually weren't able to come to work. Mm. Uh, so, and also some of our kaimahi are over 70, so they weren't allowed to come to work either. So they've been working from home, contacting whānau on the phone and making sure that they're okay and if there's anything that they need. 
but certainly our um, working population was reduced drastically um, and that's, that was an impact and there's certainly been a number of people who've had to stand up and as Jeff Milner, our CEO, has said, you know, really willing and able and we've certainly had some people put their hands up there. Well, it's interesting dynamics around mm. not even just catering towards uh, what the community need, but also um, how you guys have come together uh, to, to service that need. Um, I'll bring in Dr. Joel Pirini now. What about from you uh, within, uh, from a hospital's perspective? Um, what was it like during Level 4 when it first happened? Were you busy? And one other question which has been really um, surprising, and I guess uh, a lot of the ones in Auckland are trying to um, push forward, is that uh, were people prepared to come to the hospital? Because in Auckland and it were a, lot, a lot of other areas around the country, a lot of people were too scared for thinking that it wasn't safe. Yeah, I think, look, to answer the, the second question first, Tarahi, is um, I've had a look at the numbers recently from the DHB and, and all of the hospitals were, we hate to use that Q word in, in the medical profession, but they were all a, a little bit quieter than they normally are at the same time of year. Um, probably lots of reasons for that. Some of them you already. Um, you know, maybe people are a bit worried to, to show up because there might be people there with COVID or, you know, maybe they just will wait a little bit longer. And, and these were the things we were really, really worried about when we were planning for this is mm. the people who had non-COVID problems who were going to sit at home and wait or, or feel that their problem wasn't as important as a COVID problem and, and therefore either not come in or delay coming in and, and by the time they get there be very, very sick. Um, examples of that. Um, I think our GP colleagues have done a great job in terms of changing the way they do things and still being able to provide um, service to, to the community. And like Polly's outlined as well, you know, probably what we saw when we initially went into lockdown was that our very most vulnerable people who were supported by a lot of services that had to be withdrawn in level four, those were the people who actually... Um, needed help the most, uh, fell over first, uh, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, and, and again, up here in Kaitai, it was amazing to see what our community at the hospital and with the health sector were doing. So similar to Polly's experience, we had dental uh, nurses out the front doing swabs in our swabbing station. We had our occupational therapy team delivering meals on wheels. Uh, so, yeah, everyone sort of mucked in took on roles that they usually don't do, but realised that those were really important to support our community. I'll, I'll stay with you, uh, Dr. Job, but I'd lovely to get Polly's um, assessment on this as well. I just want to read some of these um, uh, stats that have come out. So no new cases of COVID-19 in Northland for 16 days now. Not one in 16 days. 28 confirmed and probable cases of COVID-19 in Northland as a total and also 24 of those uh, 28 cases, they're all recovered now. If we can, from your perspective, what have been the main factors on a positive front that have kept Northland relatively safe from, from something that could have been a disaster? Mm. Well, I think our people are pretty resilient. Um, a lot of them are rural living, so they have, uh, you know, they, they plan for things at home. They plan for the river to rise and they can't get into town. So, mm. And they plan, if they can, they grow their own veggies if they've got enough water, because water has been a major thing up here with the drought. At the moment, we've just got a bit of rain now, so I guess that's why poor old Maureen's power has gone out and she's <laughs> not on our flow at the moment. But um, 
you know, our, our people are extremely resilient. Also, I think the roadblocks that have been put in place um, everywhere, you know, Fano have been really trying to protect their patch and stop people coming up. And, um, you know, initially I did think that um, Jacinda would put out uh, the army to put some roadblocks in place to stop people coming north. But, you know, our people have actually gone and done it themselves. Sometimes perhaps not in the best way, but certainly the, the, uh, the intent was there. Dr. John, from your assessment, um, again, those numbers are really encouraging. And again, uh, these are just kind of, you know, looking at if you were to draft things up around the most vulnerable, uh, you know, South Auckland, West Auckland, higher density, well, high Māori uh, rate, the same thing with Taitokero, ageing population, mostly Māori with other uh, conditions. You would have probably ticked off high risk in a lot of areas around COVID-19, yet the entire community has been able to keep everybody relatively safe. From your perspective, what what have you think have been the key elements uh, for Northland? I think it's along the same lines as what Polly said, is that people up here are used to doing things for themselves and looking after themselves and looking after each other. Um, so it's not unusual in tough times for them to pull together and look after each other, look after their whānau. Um, and, I mean, I'd, I'd love to bottle the motivation that people have had up here around COVID-19. Oh. And when the time's right, I'd love to give it back to them and get their same motivation about diabetes, obesity, heart disease, smoking. And if we could have people that motivated to make changes in those areas of health, we wouldn't be high risk anymore. Mm. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Um, Polly also brought up uh, around the road checkpoints. It's been an interesting topic around the country. Uh, different views on it, but um, Polly said that, that that's also contributed to uh, to the success of containing uh, COVID-19. Um, what about from your perspective, Dr. Joel? Uh, look, when I first heard about the roadblocks, I probably had some concerns um, because these were people in the community going out and putting themselves in front of people who were trying to come and visit our area. And I was worried that was a really high-risk situation for those well-meaning people to be in and that they may end up exposing themselves and then bringing COVID back into the community. Um, that's not the way it played out. And I think when I listened to the corridor from people involved in the roadblocks, from iwi and even from the local police, uh, it sounds like there was a lot of collaboration um, and probably through that collaboration, everyone was kept safe and the roadblocks served their purpose. Mm. Well, Polly, Taitokero as a whole have done a fantastic job uh, throughout this so far. How do you keep and what's the, uh, as a health provider, uh, what's the tactics that's going to be put in place to make sure that this continues on? Whereas the, the levels drop, level three, hopefully level two within the next couple of weeks, uh, what's going to be the key areas of focus for people to, to maintain, I guess, this type of... Um, of energy towards making sure that um, the, the North doesn't get affected by COVID-19? Well, I think it's really important that we carry on testing and we have a plan to do that for the next, at least the next several months um, and keeping on with our flu immunisations and general immunisations for the tamariki out there as well. Um, and I guess it's also, you know, people are really thinking differently around hygiene and all those basic things that 
you know, where our mums and dads and uh, Kui and Komato used to used to really drive home for us. And I think we can probably all acknowledge we've all got a bit slack on that front. And mm. um, so it is about thinking about, you know, I mean, even thinking about our rugby players on the rugby field and are we going to see them, you know, doing the older, you know. Um, so we have to think widely about it all. And um, I think just keeping people mindful that, you know, this could still flare up. We're, we're nowhere near out of the woods yet. And we've, we've, we've been lucky so far and fingers crossed it carries on. But that's all there is at the moment, fingers crossed, really. Mm. Uh, Dr. Joel, around, um, Polly brought up an important note around our pakeke, now kaumatua. Uh, they're, they're, if not the absolute priority in regards to care and making sure that they're okay, keeping themselves safe, but also with the continued care throughout uh, as we're still in this uh, alert level, uh, whichever level that is. Um, is, there, is there a specific focus on, on making sure that pakeke are getting the right kind of care as the levels go um, change? Yeah, there definitely is. And I think you might ask me this question before and I might not have answered it, um, was about the highest risk people in our community um, and about what the motivation is for the, the younger ones in the community. And, and certainly it's our queer and kaumatua, without a doubt. Um, mm -hmm. They've done all the hard work. They've put the hard yards in. They've preserved our rio, our tikanga. They've given it to us. They've created this, this world that we live in now. And you know, we what we are doing and what we have been doing has been to keep them safe because um, this isn't a disease that 20, 30, 40-year-olds um, pass away from. This is one that, that elderly people and people with other medical problems pass away from. So the responsibility for us, to the, to the younger generation, to do all the right things to support them, to keep them safe. So we have them around to teach our kids. Um, and and I, I, if there's no motivation greater than that, I don't know what it, what it could be, Tauri. And I, and I think that's also something that's driven the people of Taitukaro to do what they've done. Mm. Polly, on, on that, with our komatu and our queer, how are they? Are they um, even just from a perception side of things? Like we've talked about, people not going to the doctors for various reasons or not going to the hospital. Um, how receptive have they been to to getting the the recommended type of care? And, and taking the recommended precautions um, through the, the lockdown period? Uh, the majority have been pretty good, actually. They've been really good. And some have actually not wanted a visit from anyone dropping off a parcel of anything, thank you very much. They just want to be safe in their own bubble. Um, but there are others who have welcomed that, and it's all been done in a very careful way. Um, you know, they've been contacted by our mobile health nurses from home um, to make sure that they're coping all right. And often all they want to do is have a natter. They actually don't need anything. They've got enough medications, and they're taking it, and they're keeping well. And if they're not well, then they phone into the GP practice, and they are either given um, advice over the phone or come in and um, see. Um, so they've, they've actually been amazing. They've been really good. And whānau have supported them with that all the way. And they've, most whānau have been really good in just providing one person who goes to see them and gets their kai, et cetera, from the grocery shop. So everyone's been pretty pretty good. Awesome. That is awesome to hear. I wish some of our pakeke out in Waikato might, might, would, uh, <laughs> would take the same approach, a little bit uh, toy sometimes, but that's okay. Um the Dr. Joe, I want to ask you a question. Actually, both of you, you know, you know, and you understand your community well. Is COVID right now still the top priority in regards to 
keeping people safe or is a transition into to other things like with flu season coming around is or where would the where COVID rank? Um, oh, look, Tiarahi, it's still, at the hospital, from a hospital point of view, it's still very much in the forefront of our, of our uh, planning. Um, the planning is to gradually down-regulate what we've changed at the hospital uh, in terms of having specific zones and areas to look after very sick people with COVID. Um, so we are starting to step away from that, and but at the same time, we have to be ready that if, if something goes wrong and, and COVID does sneak into our community uh, and we have cases, we have to be ready to step right back up and, and look after those people, um, just as we have been ready for the last five or six weeks. Um, we do need to be aware that people have been out there, maybe, as we said earlier, sitting on something, um, worried about it, but not not worried enough or, or maybe feeling too scared to come and seek help about it. So we need to be ready for them. There's already people with known issues that had to go on hold during level four that, that we need to start re-establishing services to look after them. Um, I think that what we've done in terms of planning around our flu season, and, and Polly's um, hinted at this before as well, is getting lots of vaccines, getting them out to everybody in the, you know, the little corners of our communities. Um, that's going to set us up well for the winter. Mm. We talked earlier about how quiet it's been in some clinics and hospitals we've isolated ourselves and we haven't spread the other bugs, the other viruses mm. that we normally share around at this time of year. So, you know, we're not seeing as many people sick with other things either. So as we start to mix and mingle, those things may take off as well. And, and from a hospital point of view, we need to be ready to deal with both both things, COVID things and non-COVID things. Uh, so look, we're um, shifting our focus, but COVID's still right up there. Yeah. What about for you and your community, uh, Polly? Is, is is COVID still the number one priority, or is other factors starting to become now, if not made more as important? Oh, sorry, more important than COVID on level par. Yeah. Well, what we did when we first set up uh, our response was to have a COVID response, as in swabbing, and also set up a flu immunisation centre, as well as Tamariki immunisation centre, and then we've rolled that same model out across our rural um, outreach clinics where we visit and some extra areas where we don't normally visit um, so that we're providing exactly the same. They can have COVID testing, they can have their flu injections at the same time. Um, still with the green and red zones uh, like Joel has alluded to. Um, and so it's been really important. The uptake has been fantastic. It's been amazing. Um, people coming along, rocking up with car loads. Um, you know, we had people rocking up in truckloads out at Waikari, you might have seen on the telly. Um, but, um, yeah, look, it's been fantastic, and the community have been really supportive. But, you know, obviously now we also need to look at, at those um, long-term conditions and all those other things that are happening for people out there. And so our outreach clinics will resume in a different way, but but they will resume, and whānau will keep on coming in. And they've used utilised different ways. They haven't been too keen on using Zoom for consults with the GP practice, but they have been sending in photos. They find that a really good way to send in photos of a swollen you know, knee or spots and rashes and sores and things like that. So that's worked really well. And often just phone call um, to discuss things has been sufficient as well. Excellent. Um... Doctor, in regards to uh, another one of the big pushes over the last couple of weeks has been uh, encouraging uh, whānau to get tested. Uh, has, how has that um, response been 
in Taitokero have the numbers reflected a, a good portion of our Māori population actually going to get tested at the various stations? Yeah, so look, I get the numbers given to me from the, the DHB, from the public health unit there, um, and certainly their numbers reflect that there's been a, an equity in swabbing for Māori, um, which is what we aim to achieve, uh, if not better. Um, I understand that the swabbing uh, criteria is potentially going to be changing uh, in the coming weeks. Um, so it's all about um, how people are going to interpret that and how people are going to access that again. And I think what's been done with mobile clinics, uh, being able to take swabbing to the people, um, has only helped to increase the, the access. Uh just to summarise, and thank you both so much uh, for your time. It's a shame, sorry, I would love to have spoken with Maureen as well, but um, it's wonderful to get your both of your perspectives on what's uh, been happening and the effectiveness of, of the care in Aroha that's been happening up in Taitokoro to protect the, our whanau from COVID-19. I just want to round off with uh, one last question for the both of you. Um, as we transition, we're in level three now, the hope is that we go to level two. Uh, and again, just to go over some of those stats again, no new cases in Northland for the last 16 days. Polly, first of all, with you, what's the main message that you have for the wider region of uh, Northland uh, in order to continue uh, that great, those great numbers around keeping people protected? So look, maintain your, your two metre distances, maintain your bubbles as much as you can, Please get tested. The testing criteria is opened up, so we can test anybody now. Um, so even if you don't have symptoms, come along to a testing station and we'll be able to test you. Sometimes people just want to make sure that they're okay, you know, and that's, that's good. That gives us a clear, bigger, clearer picture. Test, test, test. So, but look, please remember to wash your hands. It's the most simple thing to do. Hands, water, soap, fantastic. And I do just want to share with you... Um, a little antidote when we were out at Waikari, um, we had to set up along the roadside on a little area that was beside the harbour and um, some three young men with their dog came along with their tinny and were uh, launching it off and of course at that stage we were locked down four and I said oh kia ora guys you know you're not going to be able to park here because uh, we're setting up and we didn't think anyone would be going out on the water to fish because you're not allowed to. And uh, they said, oh, kia ora fire, no, 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 we're going home. And they had their bags of pack and save with all their groceries. They were loading <laughs> up into their little tinny and they cut it off down the harbour, down to their fuddy and parked their vehicle up on the other side of the road. It was so funny. And I thought, wow, this is, you know, this is Northland. This is Te Kaitokura and how people live. And, you know, hmm. other parts of the country often just don't understand. Oh, that is wonderful. And it is. It's such a special place. And look, the power power's back on at Maureen. So we'll bring Maureen oh, in for a couple of real quick quick questions, if that's okay. Tenakwe, Maureen, power failure. What's going on? Oh, this is one of the things we always have up in our area, up in the far north. You can, any little storm and the power cuts happen. <laughs> well, Maureen, look, we've had a wonderful discussion um, but I, I'd love to get your, uh, a couple of questions uh, to you before we finish off on this live stream, if that's okay. Um, the one thing I want to ask uh, is just around, first of all, the community. So where your base up is right up in the very, very far north, up a, right up to Te Reringa Wairua, down to Te Kai, right. uh, and along that coastline. How is the general feeling uh, amongst the community, in particular amongst your pakeke? 
Um, well, one of the things that's really stood out has been um, how responsive and adaptive our whānau have been to this change. You know, Oh, might be a bit more power issues with more rain up in Taitokara. Unfortunately, sorry, Maureen. It was lovely to see you and hear you, uh, but um, we will have to move on. And I'll finish uh, things off with Dr. Joel. Sorry, I'll, I'll ask you the same question uh, that I asked um, Polly, uh, and it's in regards to moving forward, continuing this momentum, uh, particularly around COVID-19. And I know that you're really hopeful that the same type of energy will then be reflected in other areas of health. Uh, to look after our people, but in particular around level three, hopefully level two in a short period of time. What's your key messages to your community to make sure that everybody remains safe? I think Polly covered them beautifully in her kōrero, Te Arahi. Um, You know, it's this physical distancing, it's the cough and sneeze etiquette, it's the hand hygiene. It's all those basic things that our kūra and kaumato, our nannies and papas were teaching us years ago. Um, mm. And they were right. All that time, uh, we just need to and um, and I think for people out there who are worried, uh, who have something that they're concerned about in terms of their health, uh, they need to come and seek help. Um, it may not look the same as it did six weeks ago, as Polly's um, hinted at, but the help will be there for you, and there'll be plenty of people there to provide help and support for you. Um, but. Look, I'm so happy. Every time you said that there's almost 16 days now since a case in Northland, that's, that's just music to my ears. Um, the further we get away from this, the, the greater the chances that our very vulnerable community will be kept safe. But we all need to keep in mind that it's our responsibility to, to make that process effective. Yeah. Hey, look, ano, tēnā kōrua. Uh, Kāmatū tēnā kōtua anō hoki ki Maureen. Uh, I piri mai ki tēnei kaupapa. Thank you both again for the time that you shared on the Sunday afternoon uh, to share with us the stories and the approach of the Taitokura, but more importantly, thank you so much for all the work that you're doing in the community to keep everybody safe and keep everybody protected. Tēnā koutou, me o koutou kai mahi, tēnā nā wātou koutou katoa. Kia ora. Ka Stay safe, everyone. <laughs> it's Polly Brennan and Dr Joel Pirini um, up in the Taitokura, and um, again, incredible um to understand why things uh, have gone so well uh, up north, whereas at the beginning of this, they would have been considered as one of the very, very high-risk areas. Along with them, we've had some great comments that have come through on the Facebook feed. Uh, Tanga Nathan was also highlighted out to Tairawhiti on the East Coast. Very, very similar type of numbers, and it's been a real all-in community-based approach, whether it be marae, health, uh, public health sectors. Everybody's really coming to combine. Uh, to ensure the the wealth, uh, the health and well-being and safety uh, of their people. Uh, one very important piece of news is specifically for the people within the Northland DHB area. From tomorrow, that's Monday, the 4th of May, Northland DHB will be offering anyone who wants a COVID-19 swab to get swabbed. And so this doesn't mean whether if you don't have to have any symptoms or anything along those lines, they're trying to seek out undetected cases So as we move on to the next phase of the response. So again, you don't need to have any of the, the major symptoms, six symptoms, and you also don't need to book in for an appointment. You can just go to any one of these Northland testing stations, as you can see there, in Whangarei, Dargaville, Kaitaia, Kerikeri, Kai, um, Kaikohe, 
Kawakawa and Rawene. So there's a good spread of them right across uh, the north. So that's as of tomorrow. Again, anybody can get tested uh, for COVID-19. And also, Northland DHB is working with nine Māori health providers from across the Rohe to deliver mobile COVID-19 testing stations. As you can see here, also the testing stations that are going around. So these are mobile. So if you want to inquire around where they will be, then just look up any one of those, uh, the one that's closest to you online, and they will be able to give you that information around testing and so that uh, also uh, with those testing stations, they give you a general health and well-being checks, flu vaccinations as well, and COVID-19 testing for whānau who want to be tested. Thank you so much for joining us again. A real emphasis today on everything that's happening within the Northland DHB. Join us next Sunday at 4pm where we'll take another in-depth look at COVID-19. A lot of things are going to change within the next seven days, so it'd be best to tune in and also hear around the discussion so you can get the advice that you need for you, your whānau and your community. If you have a scheduled surgery or appointment, please go to it. You will be safe. Nā Te Puni Kōkiri e Pūtea Tautoko, made with support from Te Puni Kōkiri. Nā Pūoro Jerome, ngā reo Pūoro. Soundtracks from Pūoro Jerome.